Good morning, church. It's so good to come together to worship uh, today. Might be the, or we hope that this is the last outdoor worship. Uh, looking forward to next week as we come together to the indoor worship. Um, I know that not everybody agree with the measures that the reopening task force has taken to prepare us for the reopening uh, for the indoor worship. Uh, but we just want to let you know that we have the whole church in mind, meaning we have the seniors, the children in mind. We have those who are vaccinated, those who are unvaccinated in mind, uh, male and female, young and old, uh, and we are serving the whole church. And therefore, we feel that these measures will be very helpful for our church to journey together. And we will adapt and adjust accordingly as the, uh, the, the progression uh, move forward and we will make uh, you know, adjustments along the way. So be patient with us and be gracious and help us to make it work. Uh, so come expectantly next week to not only celebrate worship, the resurrection of the Lord, but also to celebrate Father's Day and come together to give God the glory and honor. You know, we ask this what if questions regularly. What if, what if it rains and the outdoor concert has to be canceled? Uh, what if a traffic jam uh, make me late for my important, uh, important appointment? Uh, what if she says no when I propose? Uh, what, what if I forget the ring at the uh, wedding ceremony? You know, what ifs, what ifs, and what ifs. And many of those what ifs questions do not have dire consequences. Uh, it may bring inconveniences or stress or disruption, frustrations, but they are usually, usually reversible or amendable. But today, we are dealing with a what-if situation, what-if question that has dire consequences. In fact, with eternal, eternal implications. And the question is, what if there is no resurrection of the dead? And how does Paul wrestle with such an unthinkable proposition? In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, um, beginning in verse 12, all the way through verse 20, let us look at that passage, and then we'll expound on God's Word together. Okay, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 12 to 20. You can join me in the reading of God's Word. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that He raised Christ, whom He did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. You know, as we look at the passage today, we begin with the first point of that this proposition, it is truly an unthinkable proposition if there's no resurrection of the dead. Verse 12 says, Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? It is unthinkable. It is unthinkable because it is not what the Corinthians used to believe. See, in verse 11, Paul reminded them that we preached and you believed. 
What was Paul preaching in verses 3 and 4? He says that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance to the scriptures. That was what was preached, and they received. Then what happened? What happened? Well, the Corinthians were not denying Christ's resurrection because Paul has argued convincingly in verses 1 to 11 in the sermon last week. Neither were they denying life after death, that our souls, our spirits will live on, which was the popular uh, religious uh, thinking during those days. But they were struggling with the doctrine of bodily resurrection, the resurrection of the dead, of the believers. And you may ask why. Paul was an effective preacher. What happened to them? There might be two explanations. One, maybe they thought that the resurrection is equal to spiritual transformation, which has already, already been achieved in this life. That a new life in Christ, that's resurrection. So we experience resurrection in this life already. You know, this teaching uh, is not uh, uh, something uh, uh, isolated because in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, there were two false teachers, Hananias and Philetus, saying that the resurrection has already happened in this life. So that teaching might be popular in the church in Corinth. But secondly, another possibility is that they were influenced by the mainstream culture, the Greek culture. The Greek culture views the body as a hindrance to attain the highest spirituality. They have a proverb that says, the body is a tomb, the body is evil. So the idea of a resurrected Christ conflicted with their disbelief in bodily resurrection. And you remember in Acts chapter 17, when Paul was preaching in the city of Athens, in verse 32, the Athenians mocked him when Paul preached that Christ, that God raised Christ from the dead. And, and they, were, they just can't reconcile, they just can't accept that. So this might be two possibilities that why the Corinthians were having that struggle, even though Paul preached powerfully the resurrection of the Lord and the resurrection of uh, the Christians. And you might be asking the same questions, though a little bit differently. You know, why resurrect the body? Even though it's a glorified body, but why resurrect the body? The body is corruptible. It is imperfect. It is an instrument of sins. It is a carrier of passions and desires and from which much moral decays comes. Why? Bodily resurrection. So in the following verses, Paul begins to show us that if we do not believe in the resurrection, the body resurrection of Christ and the believers, it will set off a tragic domino effect. In fact, there are six domino effects. The first is in verse 13. That, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. The first dire domino effect is Christ was not raised if there is no resurrection of the dead. See, Paul's argument was such was that since Christ was raised, then there must be a resurrection of believers. And if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ did not arise 
and they had neither a past nor a future. They don't have a reconciliation with God the Father through Christ, and they neither have a future to be with Christ in eternity if Christ is not risen. You know, it is like putting Jesus' dead body back to the empty tomb and making Jesus a human being. And you may acknowledge that he was a great teacher, and you may acknowledge that he was a great historical figure of high moral standard, a great example of love and sacrifice, but when he died, there was, that was the end of it because Christ was not raised from that. That domino fell. And secondly, in verse 14, our preachings and faith are useless. Verse 14 says, And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. If there is no bodily resurrection, then the resurrection of Jesus is a fiction. And the apostles' preaching rested in a lie. It's empty. And consequently, the Corinthians' faith would be valueless and misplaced. It is in vain. If Christ has not been raised, all the preaching today is empty. All the church, pulpits preaching, radio, television, YouTube preaching, all the writings on blogs and books about Jesus' resurrection or in any form of publication, paper or digital, are merely empty promises or hyped up human desires, human sayings. They need to be muted. They need to be erased because those are not true. If Christ has not been raised, then our faith is empty. Why should we work so hard to provide online worship and then outdoor worship and then now indoor worship? Because the God we worship would still be in the tomb if He has not been resurrected. Why should we attend prayer meetings and Sunday school and Bible study and small groups when the Bible messages are empty promises? Our faith do not hold up in trials and hardships because there's nothing there to substantiate a life of service and a life of sacrifice which Christ calls us to. And the cost of discipleship is not sustainable because there is no power to keep our faith going if there is no resurrection. That domino fell. And thirdly, we are liars. The preachers are liars. Verses 15 and 16, we are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testify about God that He raised Christ, whom He did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. If the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. You see, if there is no resurrection of the body, the apostle would not, would not only be in error, they would also be false witnesses against God. They would have been preaching something untrue about God, namely that He raised Jesus Christ when He really had not. And this would be a serious charge to be making against Paul, who claimed to be representing God as the apostle and servant of the Lord. So in a sense, the, the messengers are discredited. The messages are worthless. The preachers are con artists. 
who testified that Jesus raised from the dead when in fact he did not, he had not. The message of Jesus' resurrection on Easter Sunday will be a hoax. A testimony for Jesus will sound hollow. There's no substance because Christ has not raised from the dead. If there is no resurrection, all we can provide for people who come to church will be preaching about what people like to hear to soothe and pacify their desires, giving them false promises like success and health and wealth. That's all there is if there is no resurrection. The preachers will be liars. That domino fell. And number four, we'll still be in our sins. Verse 17, and if, we, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. See, the faith of the Corinthians will be empty, futile. There's nothing in there. Jesus died on the cross to pay for the penalty of our sins, that we may be forgiven and reconciled with God the Father. Because the wages of sin is death, and therefore God raised Jesus from the dead to show us that Jesus has conquered sin and death. And our redemption is complete through justification by faith. But if Christ was not raised from the dead, this means the believers are still in sin and still in death. He or she without any hope of forgiveness and eternal life. How sad that could be. We would still be living in sin if Christ has not risen from the dead. If there is no bodily resurrection, that domino fell. Number five, those who have already died are eternally lost. Verse 18 says, Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. See, the Bible describes Christians who died as those who have fallen asleep. And we expect them to wake up when Christ comes to receive us into His glory. If there is resurrection, of course, of the dead. But if Christ was not raised from the dead, Christians who had already died would be lost forever. Paul says they will have perished eternally, separated from God. And that will be a really tragic destiny of mankind. So even though it is the death of Christ that saves us, if He had not been raised from the dead, His death would have been in vain. He has not conquered death. He has not conquered sin through His resurrection then salvation is not completed. And we cannot give the exhortation in the funeral services that we often say, we will see each other again. Yes, we mourn in tears our beloved ones who passed before us. But you know what? We will meet each other. We will see each other again. But if Christ was not raised from the dead, then we can't speak those exhortations to the families who have lost their loved ones. It will be cruel. That will be vain promises. There's nothing beyond death if there is no resurrection. Death is final. Death is the end of everything. That domino fell. And number six, the final one that Paul presented to us is, we are the most pathetic of all. Verse 19, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. 
you know, the testimonies we give on behalf of Jesus, the sacrifices we make for our faith. And if we have nothing to hope for beyond death, the Christian life will not be worth living. Don't believe. Don't come to church. Don't believe in the Bible. And if Christ has not been raised from the dead, why serve Him? He's still in the tomb. Why suffer for Jesus? He's dead. Why take God seriously? It's no God. He can't conquer death. He can't conquer sin. He's not God. There will be nothing beyond this life. And we are the most pathetic of all, Paul says. Because others, they don't even believe. And we believe, thinking that there is hope beyond this life, when in fact there is nothing beyond this life. You know, we have greater disappointment because we believe than those who never expected anything beyond this life to begin with. In that sense, we are most pathetic of all. So when God says, vengeance is mine and I will repay, it's not going to happen if Christ is not raised from the dead, if there is no resurrection of the dead. When Jesus says, I will go and prepare a place for you, and when I prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to the fathers. Ain't going to happen if Christ was not raised from the dead. When Jesus says, I will come again, ain't going to happen. Because if there is no resurrection of the dead, Jesus was not resurrected, he was not raised, then he will not come again. He's still in the tomb. He's dead. But thank God, Christ has risen. Verse 20 says, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. He's the first fruit, and the other fruits will begin to show, begins to ripen as it comes along. Now, everything is reverted because Christ has been raised from the dead. Because He has been raised from the dead, He has ascended to the heavenly place, sit on the right hand of the heavenly Father, interceding for us today, right now, and shall come again to receive us home because He has risen. Our preaching of God's Word is effective. Not that we are effective preachers, but God's Word is effective because God's Word is like a sword that cuts deeply, like a fire that burns blazingly, like a hammer that strikes powerfully, like a mirror that reflects clearly as the power of God's Word because He's the life. And we can represent Christ and testify the power of His resurrection in the transformation of our lives with authenticity. We've gone through that. We know Christ transformed us. Though it's not perfect, but we experience that transformation because Christ is risen. Our sins are dealt with by the substitutional death of Christ on the cross. He has conquered death and He has conquered sin. And there is no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank God. Because He has risen. We shall meet again with our loved ones who have gone before us because God will bring with Him those who have fallen asleep and we shall meet them in the clouds. What a glory hope that we have in Christ. Because Christ has, was raised from the dead. We live daily by denying ourselves, taking up our cross to follow Jesus, doing His will, 
to be His witnesses by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that we may bring glory to our Father in heaven, because He has risen. That changes everything. Thank God for that. So today, very clearly, Paul's message to us is the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the resurrection from the dead of Jesus' followers will validate our faith and our purposeful living because we are serving a living God. So we have hope for the future. We have substance in our faith and we have a purpose in our living today. You know, there are two kinds of lifestyle. And I know that you're saying, hey, pastor, I believe all that. If I don't believe that, I won't be here sitting. <laughs> if I don't believe that, I'll, I will not join a Bible church. And, and I, I'm all for it. I know that. But today, I think for us is now that we have believed, how does that affect how we live? And that's the key, right? And there are two kinds of lifestyle. Maybe you want to describe it. You can see where you are. Not perfect, not complete, not exhaustive, but it gives you an indication of where we are after we believed. The first one is the life that has no hope of resurrection. If there is no resurrection, and for you and me to live in this world today, I would advise you, hey, get even. Don't be pushed around. Fight back, man, because nobody else is going to speak for you. Because beyond this world, there is no justice. There is no higher authority speaking on your behalf. All the things that has been done on you, hidden or in clear sight, you better fight back. Get even. Flex your muscles. Be self-serving. Because beyond this world, there is nothing. Seek pleasure at all costs. Because there's nothing beyond death. Must, must well enjoy it while you can. And he who died with the most toys wins. So stop, start collecting them. Lamborghini or 200-foot yard or, I don't know, prime real estate, whatever you like. Start collecting them before time runs out. Because once the time runs out, there's nothing. There is nothing beyond death. Party all night. Get ahead at all costs. Who cares? Accumulate as much wealth and power as quickly as possible before sickness takes you away, before accident cuts short your life, and, and, and before other things that might cut short your life because there's no life beyond this war, beyond this life. That will be the life without hope in the resurrection. Is that your life? What about the life with the hope of resurrection? Well, those with the hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a risen Lord, and we who believe in Him will someday be with Him. He will give us a new body through resurrection. This is how we will live. We will obey God's Word because it is real. It is real. We will do missions because others need to know that there is hope in Jesus Christ. We will extend forgiveness because we are forgiven. We are forgiven. Our sins are forgiven. We will live by faith and not by sight, by trusting in the Lord Jesus and not by what we see around us. And we want to hope in the second coming of Jesus because in the second coming of Jesus, He will exercise His judgment 
in this world and he will right the wrong and we will endure suffering because there's a reason, there's a good cause for suffering in a, for the sake of Christ. We will learn to let go because there's something more precious that we can hold on to in eternity. There's a higher authority and he is alive. And that will be those who hope for the resurrection. That's how they will live. Is that your life? You know, resurrection is not a joke. It is not a prank. In the 60s, there was a popular musical group, very popular, Bee Gees. I don't know how many of you remember Bee Gees. If you remember, and we are in the same age category. Uh, It was a very popular song that they have written called I Started a Joke. How many of you remember that? Okay, Uh, Some of you, I can see the hands. Uh, It says, I started a joke. We started the whole world crying. But I didn't see that the joke was on me. Oh no, it was on me. It was a bad and mean joke. It comes back to haunt me. And the writer continues, I started to cry, which started the whole world laughing. Oh, if I've only seen that the joke was on me. The guy felt bad and regretful, but too late. The damage is done. Then he said, I look at the skies and running my hands over my eyes, probably sobbing and crying. And I fell out of bed, hurting my head from things that I said, that I joke about. You know, he was like, I felt hurt and humiliated and guilty for for this bad joke. Now I'm suffering the consequences. Then it ends with, till I finally died, which started the whole world living. Oh, if I have only seen that the joke was on me. Now the world finally accepted my genuine repentance now that I I moved on and and passed on. And the world lives on. I shouldn't have started that bad joke. Poor guy, poor guy. He started the joke and ultimately it comes back to haunt him. Christ's resurrection is not a joke. It's not a joke. Christian bodily resurrection is not a joke either. If that's the case, my brothers and sisters, the only way to respond to that resurrection, that promise, is take Jesus seriously. Take your faith seriously. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, we are thankful for this message that Paul has grinded in our mind to remind us that because Christ has risen, because there is resurrection of the dead, and because there is resurrection of the dead, then Christ was raised from the dead, and there is hope in Christ. There is forgiveness in Christ. There is future in Christ. There is eternity with Christ. So it is with this hope that, Lord, we will continue to journey together. We will continue to build a vibrant church of disciple-makers, we will continue to be faithful to you, whether outdoor or indoor or online. We will continue to be faithful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.